that's just a good mic then that can stop mm-hmm. pops like that. No, Brian has very soft hands. <laughs> <laughs> They're feathers. <laughs> he gives a gentle touch. He's got a glove <laughs> full of Vaseline that he wears all around. <laughs> all right, welcome back, gentlemen. Goldfinger! Yeah. <laughs> Again, bitches. Do you know what's great? As Laura was singing the entire intro song, like word for word, she knows this song inside and out. That is awesome. <laughs> the man, the man, man with, with the, the mightest touch. touch. Gold finger. Hold on, I'm, I'm texting Jason. <laughs> is he joining? No, not tonight. Ah. Um, who picks next? Well. If we were going to do this episode three weeks ago, like originally planned, Jason was going to pick up the next week with Skyfall. That's actually what I'm texting him about. He's not going to join us tonight, but I want to ask him if he still wants to do a James Uh, Bond movie. And if he can't do next week, well, then that really opens up the options for whoever does pick because he wants to choose Skyfall, which would take the Daniel Craig movies out of play. Leaving Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton... And two others. Pierce Brosnan and George Lazenby. Yes. Lazy fucking bitch. All right. (laughs) So, unfortunately, and I put a lot of thought into this, I have not been able to come up with like a a theme for introductions for you guys for this. Okay. However... Hello and welcome to the first best ever episode of Movie Sack, the weekly movie podcast where I, Chris Pruitt, am your host. And this week, it's going to be amazing. I'm here with Adam Weiss. Where is it? Uh, Do you want to play it easy or the hard way? And this is a tranquilizer. So if the tranquilizer is the easy way, is a Viagra the hard way? Because the other, the hard way is a gun of, of 45. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we're also here with Brian Hatch. Pusher. <laughs> <laughs> he even did the, the accent or the, the voice. All right. And we're here with Eric Weiss. Man has climbed Mount Everest gone to the bottom of the ocean. He's fired rockets at the moon, split the atom, achieved miracles in every field of human endeavor, except crime. That's fantastic, but I had a list of things that I thought you were going to say, and that wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're absolutely fucking correct. This is our first movie in our James Bond series. The one that I'm so excited to get to. We did Goldfinger. Eric, this was your choice. It was your turn. I want uh, a two-minute, why did you choose this, followed by a 30-second plot. Go. Right. Tick, tick, tick. So this, I think Goldfinger is when the the James Bond like series of movies became like the James Bond franchise, right? It calls back to 
what we expect James Bond to be like, and then lays it on even thicker with extra camp. Uh, and it, it, it's, I think, one of the most fun James Bond movies. And I, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like it because it also has some cool science stuff that, you know, in the right historical context is neat. And yeah, I I think this is this is also like this kind of becomes the canonical Bond movie, right? Like this is. So wait a minute, though. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Like a month and a half ago, the last time we actually did an episode, <laughs> you yeah. made some reference to you wanted to choose this movie because it was the one where. Yes. Or a Goldfinger says. No, I expect you no, to die when not. James Bond is like, do you expect me to talk? That's what um, I was, was going to do that quote, but I thought you were going to do it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was on my list. Yeah, because you brought that up. But um, have you seen this before? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, seen, okay. Seen, okay. I, I can't, I'm not sure if I've seen all of the Bond movies. I know I haven't seen all the Daniel Craig movies, but I'm pretty sure I've seen all the Sean Connery isn't your dad a big bond fan yeah he's got them all on he got the box set one year and it was all the way up to i think it was like the world is not enough in the box set so here's the thing knowing that you're you and eric are both you know we're all of the same generation and our parents are older at this point i'd love to have your dad on but at the same time I don't want to just fucking trash his ass with James Bond knowledge and make him look bad. So. Yeah, he he'll, he likes watching them, but he's not like keeping stats. Plus, I can't say. <laughs> to be I fair, say, I don't know too many numbers, but um, all right, great. So then you were familiar. See, I I agree. Like, um, well, I don't agree. I think it's kind of out there in the ether that. <clears throat> Goldfinger is considered one of the best ever James Bond movies, if not the best Sean Connery James Bond movie. It is definitely where the series began its stride. Mm-hmm. However, what do you mean by the best? Well, it's it's that's a subjective thing, the of most course. James but a lot of, yes. a lot of people look at this particular movie as Sean Connery's best and a great example of what a James Bond movie is slash should be. This is where the formula was created, and this is what they've tried to follow ever since. Yeah, this is what a James Bond movie looks like. Actually, I want to re- take back my quote. You can't take it back. Oh, it's it already out there. for you. You started recording minutes ago. I know. We'll get to the point oh, though. That out of the quote. classy Brian is drinking his wine out of a plastic wine cup. That's plastic. Oh, see, I didn't oh. know that. <laughs> I gave up um added sugar for August. So nice. Added sugar August. Ooh. No added sugar. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like double down. So does that mean you can't like eat ketchup? Yeah. What are you talking about? Added okay, so no, okay. Okay. Well, like fruit has sugar, but it's it's not added. So sugar-free shit, unless it's natural. It, it's funny. Fruit. I found grapes once that were injected with cotton candy flavor. <laughs> Me too. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? That is added sugar to fruit. Are you sure they were injected? Because I'm pretty sure they they actually breed that brand now or breed no, that flavor somehow. Like, cotton, it's, yeah, it's it, a thing. Like, I just thought it was so unnatural, though. So I'm like, not eating ice cream. I'm not adding sugar to my coffee. 
Well, see, here's good. the thing. It's a pretty miserable. You're going not keto, but just less. Just, just, just keeping no it in sugar, check. but no yeah, Just keeping it in check. Plain yeah. yogurt, not yogurt with flavor. Yeah, guys, I think we need to be on the lookout for Brian's mental health. No, sounds like <laughs> August. No, I think this is a great like idea. August is the month of self abuse because we're coming up in uh, next month and we're going to get completely uh, blottoed. <laughs> Going to see Rammstein. Oh my God! R. Wow, that guy like that guy got an instant. Are you ready? So, anyways, all right, great, Eric Goldfinger, you chose it. Adam, I'm I'm gonna go to you next because, uh, yeah, have you seen this before? No, I actually haven't. This is the one Bond like that escaped me because like I watched Doctor No. I watched all these other twenty four or so. Yeah, so I'm going through this. I've seen Dr. No, except this one. Russia with Love. I don't really remember Goldfinger, except seeing uh, the gal painted dead on the bed at the beginning because, oh, that's that's not a butt, but it's a tastefully placed handbag that you can't see the butt. Is that a, is that a true <laughs> science fact? Can you suffocate the skin like that? No. What? Stupid Bond movie. I thought... Poor science. <laughs> I, I don't think that was like a I'm uh, I'd like to think that science knew that wasn't real at that point in time. It seems I don't think that was in the ether like that. The the people writing movies in Hollywood didn't know about that yet. Or I want to. I look, well, to yeah. me, the labia breathe. Like, they you have they to paint the labia. The rate. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, no, the legs are closed, so you can't breathe. <laughs> Well, no, it's the idea that all of the pores on your skin need to be open because your body somehow not breathe literally, but there is some sort of so transference of I something. Think there, there's got to be like some heat. heat. It's movie. possible. Like I or could, heat. That, I that's a that's a thing. She overheated if she was, you know, completely enveloped in a a heat reflective and it was gold imperial like gold. it wasn't just gold paint it was actual well, gold that's the thing because they actually used the term gold paint that yes it was gold paint and they also I thought do, it was they also use suffocation skin so skin. they said it was like dermal or skin suffocation yeah. something to that effect feels like suffocating but I, think, I mean it was like the writers were like we need a way to kill her that involves gold. They could have like filled their lungs with gold. <laughs> it was Smacked before Game of Thrones has come out. I was just gonna say, like Game of Thrones could have right. done it right. very yes. they found Classic. a great way to kill somebody with gold. <laughs> but, but then is odd job carrying around a blast furnace? <laughs> like, that guy's a fucking tank. <laughs> he would definitely be carrying something around like that. What do you mean blast furnace? How how is he gonna melt all the gold so he can pour it into her mouth? Well, he puts it in like those thermoses that a thermos. would take. Yeah, it was a thermos. And he'd like have to carefully dribble it and then you have to quick spread it. Well, strangely enough, I do feel like those questions are answered because they they do. I think I'm pretty sure they say paint. They said paint. Like but I yeah, thought like it was her like body was entirely enveloped in gold paint. But I thought they said gold bullion, which was like oh, oh maybe because that would in- indicate real gold. In which case, if you were encased in real gold, then yeah, you would die. Yeah, but you'd also it'd have to be almost like a foil applied process. Yeah, because like the way it was, it was too even. You couldn't 
poor it, about oh, the man, one they, they got in every little nook and cranny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As Brian mentioned, the labia. Her, her granny panty cranny. Or, <laughs> or as Sean Connery might have said, the labia. <laughs> Anyways. So, all right. So, Adam, what do you think? Cool? I yeah, loved it. I, it, was, right. it was good. It was really good. Like it had a great pace. It was enough like jumping around one step behind. And also it really painted James Bond as kind of a, a folly because I was amazed at how many times he was outwitted and outsmarted throughout yeah. the entire movie. So it was like, he was more relatable as a person and a spy, like just caught up in the action and just got overwhelmed. It was good. I'm going to throw in a quick two cents before we get to Brian, because Brian is the one that I want to extrapolate upon. (laughs) I've been a huge James Bond for decades. I think Brian can recall me owning, if not all, at least most of the VHSs at one point when we were living together as teenagers. Um, Always been a huge fan. I've read a lot of books about the the production and the movies themselves not actually i have read a lot of ian fleming's novels uh of these movies like i'm just a huge james bond fan in general um this is one that i've never paid particularly a lot of attention to because i've i've actually always been a huge fan of from russia with love for connery um it's got fucking robert uh the fucking guy on the boat with in jaws with Rob Robert Schneider, Shaw? Robert Shaw. It's got Robert Shaw as the bad guy and Russians and his shocks. Like in the water, it's a fantastic movie. In the water. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this is seeing it again. It's been a while. Wonderful, wonderful movie. All right, so Brian, I have a question before I, I you get to me. Sure, sure. Who is the Broccoli family and why do they own all this shit? Mm. So Albert. Oh yeah. I broccoli. That was a very good. Yeah. Now I've, I've, I've seen so I feel like I've seen conflicting reports that it's broccoli versus broccoli. It's okay. We're not a news organization. We can say, <laughs> so anyway, I'm go with broccoli because it is a bit, it's a, it's a bit more fun. Uh, Albert broccoli was the one that basically licensed the rights through Ian Fleming, the writer of the novels to produce the movies. So he was the main producer on all of the James Bond movies up until he passed. And then it passed to his daughter, Barbara, who is the current Barbara Broccoli Broccoli, executive producer of the James Bond movies. Um, And she's, Oh, she's probably got to be hitting like 60 now, but I feel like I have to take a quick pause and say, Hmm. She's a very beautiful woman. Anyways, um, you know, you would say something like that during the James Bond movie podcast. You would. You would. Um, as you drink your passion juice, passion, passion, passion juice. juice. <laughs> passion, um, juice, Christopher, passion juice. Yeah. So did I answer your question? Can I yes. move along? All right. Yes, you did. So you said you've never seen a James Bond movie. Never before. seen a James Bond movie. No shit. You played a fuck ton one? of Goldeneye with me. I loved that game, Goldeneye, and that is you my never only saw the familiarity movie. with with the movies. Wow. Hey. I I yeah. mean I've seen five minutes of like one of TBS? the Daniel Craig ones. Okay. Uh, All right. And I've it's seen movie covers. Miss parts of it. 
But the only familiarity I have is Goldeneye on Nintendo 64, which still, to me, is one of the best video games ever created. It is. Yeah, yes. it's awesome. It, cre- it, had, it made so much fun for our friends to just sit in literally what we're staring at now, a four-paneled screen <laughs> yes. where you had your, <laughs> your corner and everyone hated it when you would do when you would do um fucking proximity in the stacks mines in the fucking asshole. <laughs> I, I will never people run in and blow up. I will oh this motherfucker in his penchant or penchant, penchant for proximity in the trouble with words stacks. tonight, my friend. Oh it was a terrible game mode. It was not fun. Loved it. Well, Best it's slappers. like it's like if you were odd job <laughs> in the game, you were cheating because no yes. one can shoot you. He was overpowered. <laughs> Which really, uh, it was, it was in the movie, he's not that like a, short. A library, short, so not that short. Yeah, just below the the horizon of your your normal aiming, I think. Yeah. But anyways, uh, push it. So this is your first covered cover James Bond movie. Yeah, and I don't think you're gonna like it. That. <laughs> well, yeah. There's, I mean, there's two sides to me on this. It's like watching The Crow for the first time as a forty-year-old, me... twenty years after the fact, thirty years after the fact. Let me give you the good first. All right, by all means. No, actually, you want the bad? Yeah, go with the bad. Okay, it's cringy as fuck. Um, it represents oh, like an sexist, era in Hollywood, racist? okay, where it was like, I mean, five minutes in the movie, he was slapping a woman on the ass. That was my quote. <laughs> Man, talk. Oh my god. <laughs> he literally, literally forced himself on pussy yep. at in the yes. barn. Like yep. literally forced himself. Literally. Yeah. Uh it just it represented this era of Hollywood where it was okay to do that. I don't know that okay is the word, but it was accepted to do this sort of shit. And so to watch it now was just a little cringy. It was cringy. Yes. Do yeah. you feel like it was Hollywood at the time or general culture at the time? Well, I guess is Hollywood a reflection of culture or? Yes. Okay. Then I, I, think, I would I say think more so than an culture. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, it was acceptable to full palm slap the flight yeah, he attendant punched a woman on a... in the face. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> there's another there's another oh, man. acceptable but i think this is i mean james bond here is kind of living what i take to be like you know well dad was in high school at this time right like he he was in high school when goldfinger came out and i can totally see this as the adolescent boomers fantasy world right like where you are james bond you are so suave you can do whatever you want and everything always works out suave is an interesting word there and this leads into my good it (laughs) it was kind of nice to watch a movie where the hero didn't have a six-pack where he was a little mushy he had hair on his chest but still like a big dude and (laughs) and what i noticed that i loved the most is james bond had a hairy back Oh man. I appreciated that he was was a real person, right? He's just a big dude, but he's a real person. He's not made from a molding injection. So that was nice. Um, I love the good for me is the corniness of this movie. 
And every fight scene was like, I'm going to push you against this wall. Well, I'm going to push you back. And then I'm going to push you. And I'll push you. It wasn't like that fucking fighting where all of a sudden James Bond is a ninja and he's like, pop, 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 pop. Um, it was clearly made during its time. And so there were limitations to what, as, as opposed to what they can do now. And we so, didn't know what ninjas were yet in 1965. To see what exactly. To see what... <laughs> what James Bond was about. This is my first foray into the James Bond world. And to see it be so, as I said earlier, James Bondy with odd job being there, Goldfinger being there. Um, and then the name, I, I, I can't, I still don't understand how, how pussy galore. How is that? <laughs> I don't even know how to, like my jaw is just open going, how did they name her that? So imagine her name is like Kitty Galore. And growing up as a child in the 50s, late 40s, I don't know. Yeah. Pussy, pussy was... was only a cat. <laughs> so pussy might have been like a posit. And granted, I'm stretching. Like, this is just my own internal Just I mean, that's what I kind of figured. It had like, to do with yeah. the cat thing. Like, but obviously in the ether they know exactly what they're talking about 19 this is 65 right 65 yep um yeah 65 i mean yeah. it's at that edge of guys in vietnam are using the word pussy for another reason and that was in that era too so it so, was I mean, yeah it was so on the i just i couldn't believe it when I, this this is the most james bondy movie i guess i could have watched and I think in a lot of people's lists, this would be up there, like certainly the top five of the James Bondiest of James Bondy movies. If you're going to look at the plot, the structure, the cast, you have that, you know, because like the, the cool bad guy sidekicks like Jaws and Oddjob, they don't pop up in all the movies or even a lot of the movies. So Jaws only the, has a couple repeats. Oddjobs, this is his only. Yeah, Oddjob is a one and done. Yeah. But everybody knows who knows who he is. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Jaws, I think, has three, two, or think. three. two or three. Because he's in Live and Let Die. Uh, he's in that asshole space. Live and let die. Moon, yeah, Moonraker. Moonraker. He becomes good in Moonraker, and then he was also in A View to a Kill. All right, so then he's got three. At least that, but, and I'm just drawing from my memory right now. But I think those are the three. It it was it was enjoyable in that. This movie would have been amazing to sit with you get three in person. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun. <laughs> this would have been a great movie to watch in person. I, I watched this movie slowly. I watched it. Um, we have the new baby. And so I'm up at three in the morning feeding him. And so I would watch it in like 20, 30, 40 minute spurts. Um, and I, I found it a good way to watch it because it was a little ridiculous. Uh, plus, James Bond did a lot of like, just sort of standing around <laughs> a lot of standing around, but I was excited because I was waiting for the moment where he said, shake and not stirred. And he delivers it. And he did on the plane. Yeah. But ever since I, I heard, what is that? It's the West wing. President Bartlett is talking about James Bond. And he talks about him ordering a martini that's shaken, not stirred. And he said, shaken. That's a weak martini. James is just ordering a weak drink. Well, when and you that shake stuck it, with me. So when he orders the shake and not stirred, and he says it all suave, I'm thinking, eh, pussy. What do you mean weak drink? Well, you also dilute the ice faster when you shake uh, a drink. That's also aerating it, and aerating it causes oxidation, 
which also takes some of the edge off of some of the like not tannins but like I, bittering I agents can't believe that this I is why this i love fucking this group of people that we do this podcast with. not wine you okay. don't get people comments like that on other podcasts shaking is such a more violent masculine act than stirring a drink there is not going to be a chemical reaction difference there is though there is a chemical reaction you i'm not saying there is no you but have the difference is going to be masculine would have been to drink straight liquor not a martini but i don't think i'd really appreciate bond like shot of whiskey (laughs) (laughs) he's a a scotsman so he's a scotchman (laughs) i want a shot of gold schlager Rumble um, and then I could <laughs> I also couldn't help but get because this is my first James Bond, I couldn't help but get um uh horny Mike Myers. Yeah. Oh, I know. I couldn't help no. but get Mike really? Myers out of my brain, especially Myers. doing this one. Oh. Gold. I love gold. <laughs> I was there was some and I wish I was like keeping track. There was some stuff to, like, that was cornier than the Mike Myers shit. But there was some shit that was scene for scene as well. Like they were like tit for tat. Like this was in Austin Powers. Austin Powers was like, we have this great backlog of great spy movies. Let's make the fun of it. But that is, it, it was, it was an enjoyable romp into the world of James Bond. If you had, if I had watched one of the new, like Skyfall first, that's just a, for me, that's just a regular action movie that happens to be James Bond. Right. Right. That's like, well, a I mean, this is a action. good example. They're starting to get their stride with the arch villain the exotic locations the gadgets like they're starting to get their stride with their james bond right around right here i mean this is the first movie that the db5 is introduced so the db5 aston martin car that he drives goes on to become like the quintessential james bond car i hate to say it it's Really? Here's, I thought it was Brosnan the... Here's does a bunch of fucking BMWs. I thought but. it was the National Lampoon's vacation station wagon that he showed up to the Kentucky Derby in. <laughs> Fair enough. Watching James Bond get out of that cracked me up. <laughs> but at the same time, the gadgetry hadn't gone nuts yet. The... Uh, the I mean, but this this is... This I imagine that in 1964, this like stretched credibility, right? Like, I mean, this is where it he's starts. Got blades that come out of his wire. Or sure, but this this is like he's not and ripped through the siding of the other car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one was a little. Hmm. Yeah, and they certainly haven't become like the big mainstream action movies like they are now. Like right. back then, this was a little more tongue in cheek, a little more. I mean, it was. I guess it was certainly an action movie. I, I really enjoyed that the fight scenes weren't so ridiculous that people were destroying each other. They were like pushing each other. And this it was like a struggle. Back. It was like a real <laughs> fight. This brings me back to the uh, where Eagles Dare, like the fight scenes on the gondola. Yeah. Like these things are so long and drawn out, but you're exhausted at the end of the fight, just lunging into your punches. <laughs> oh man, you're bringing back a lot of good memories with that movie. And I just I appreciate well, I, you guys you bringing into that. Yeah, that was a good. And, movie. I, and I have a good six hours because I've been doing some trips up to Virginia for some drone flights, and I got six hours to revisit things and freshen my mind. So wait, 
six hours to Virginia for drone flights. What? So I drive up three hours to uh, Virginia Tech, do a drone flight, and then come home. Why do you do a drone flight at Virginia Tech? Because I'm the only one certified to do it. <laughs> what are you talking? Oh, for work. Yeah, for work. Scary. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I'm spying. training. I'm I'm training a guy right now too. Gotcha. To like, you need to do this because I can't be spending six hours in a car every day doing this. <laughs> hey, man. You get paid for those six hours and you do two hours of training. That's and I get day. mileage on top of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my God. They better be reimbursing you for that amount of mileage. Shit. 64 cents a mile. Oh, damn. <laughs> See, in my world, the research world will we'll pay like 33 cents a mile to patients if they need. Oh, that's the federal rate. You got to go federal, man. I know that that, that is the, exactly the IRS. That's ours. Anyway, the nonprofit world, we're up to 52 cents. No. <gasps> Oh, God damn, we're a bunch of old, boring, fucking grown-ups. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to Eric real quick, uh, or longer, if you want. Um, I heard that about Eric. It's real quick. Ooh, and that's why he's getting it on the red. Real quick, but longer. <laughs> you know, believe it or not, as far as my experience has shown me, the overwhelming feminine female opinion is that premature ejaculation is kind of sexy because in their minds it's like i'm so, I'm hot. so hot i made him come early kind of thing yeah we feel terrible <laughs> but they kind of enjoy it so it's because it eric takes a while to a, rev it up and then it's just wasted but i mean if eric is you know a, a three pump chomp you know it probably just makes him look good in his in his girl's eyes that, that I, I think with his new hairstyle, he looks good already. First <laughs> I don't know. I think his hairstyle looks like a an 80s vampire has not gotten a haircut into the 90s. You yes. do look like a vampire. That's, that's like a sexy vampire. Well, See they're redoing Interview with the Vampire? You look like you were a sexy vampire, but you needed to get a haircut. <laughs> I do need a haircut. You look <laughs> Now you look a little bit like Adam used to, a little bit of a little Lord... Uncle Roy. Uncle Roy. Yes. But now, Adam, how how long is he? yeah? You're down to shoulder length. Oh, look at that! Look at that! I'm still sporting my well. It looks like shit. I've had a hat on, but I'm still sporting my little mohawk. You, you got a knife cloth there. Yeah, it's all, it's, it's all compacted. Anyways, all right. So, Eric, let's go back to you. I feel like you have opinions here. You 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 enjoyed the science behind some of the uh, other things, yeah. the ideas, and I totally agree. Like it's been a while, a long while since I thought about this plot. That's a fantastic plot. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. us what is the plot, real quick. What is the James Bondy in this that the people need to know? So the the British government is interested in this guy Auric Goldfinger, who is a international gold broker. And they suspect he is smuggling gold around and they can't figure out how he's doing it. So they asked James Bond to keep an eye on him, figure it out. And James Bond does so, but learns about a much deeper plot that Goldfinger has planned. Um, and I, I really like the way they present it because they don't like come out with the plot all up front, right? Like we get to ride along with bond as he's figuring out what's going on going down blind alleys making guesses and bluffing his way there uh which i thought was really cool um 
So James Bond uh, meets Goldfinger, convinces his uh, his right hand woman to which right hand woman? Jill Masterson. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and convinces Goldfinger that he needs to lose his hand of poker because she is helping him cheat. It was. I don't want to be a Finnick, but it's Jen. Jen, yes, they're yeah. playing Jen. That's they're right. playing Jen, which is <laughs> so perfect. like the, the boomer thing is like, oh, we're gonna play Jen, and we're gonna bet money on it. It's like, man, I wonder if our parents ever did that, like actually played cards for money. Oh yeah, your did your parents did? Mm-hmm. Adam, I have a gambling addiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good point <laughs> you got me there <laughs> but anyway so but go on sorry so 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 uh after that james bond um discovers that he is he's being asked to to kind of tail uh goldfinger and they kill jill and he's kind of broken up by this um and I think like two weeks ago that I watched this movie. Um, but here's the thing: like, like James Bond was so arrogant in doing so. Like, oh, I'm gonna get the drop on this guy. I'm gonna get to know. I'm this great spy, and I'm gonna sleep with his best babe. But yes. Oddjob goes and kills him, kills Jill in the room with James Bond, and that's As drop. Was- that's the drop number one. Like, okay, he you were you're not that great of a spy because your guard was down. He had some Dom 53 at 38 degrees. Any <laughs> higher right. is just not too, is not good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he got the drop. So that's drop number one. Continue. But I mean, do you really think so? Because arguably he got the drop on Goldfinger. He fucked up his day. He let him know that James Bond is around. To, you know, someone's keeping an eye on you, some government. Yep. Um, and then he was able to go on his way. He had Which no is, real connection to jill masterson he didn't i mean it's just it's part of the job yeah just an odd job so (laughs) an odd job jesus christ i don't even think it's odd though yet not yet all right keep going killing women's pretty odd (laughs) they arrange kind of a meet cute between goldfinger and bond at a country club they play golf. <laughs> Go play golf. A bar of Nazi gold. And uh, Bond and his caddy make some, you know, effort to kind of swing the game in his favor by an arcane application of strict golf rules. I don't know if that's actually a thing. I He's I a proper Scot, so. <laughs> any golf rules are Well, I wondered, I don't awful. think golf was as Gentlemen. widely popular. So to insinuate that they are holding it to those standards, I, I mean, I'm just speculating. I don't fucking know, but I don't know. Like You're right. Like, I don't think that was a little weird, but like... <laughs> everybody was trying to cheat. Basically, James Bond and his caddy just cheated better. Better. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is delightful. And then what happened? So Goldfinger loses the match and um, tails him to Switzerland. Bond follows them to the mountains in Switzerland. And that's where he meets uh, Tilly, who is their master's 
kill Goldfinger. There's there's a lot of like there's a chase scene through the mountains, which is pretty good. Uh, we get to see some of the gadgets on the car where he slices, you know, his uh, his would be assassin's tires on the on the on the road, and then <laughs> eventually figures out that she's related to Jill, her sister, and is trying to get revenge on Goldfinger for having her killed. And I think one of the fun things is those scenes with Q then like some of the basic gadgetry that he was providing, like homing devices, a homing device, a car pimped out. And the home, the second homing device was small and that was it. Like what can you, and that's what kind of makes maybe a good spy is using your resources. But also this was a good application of, a relatively practical technology that just wasn't quite to this standard yet. Yeah, like imagine the, the video screen in, in the car was right. archaic com- compared to today's standards, yeah. but it was like just on the horizon technology wise compared to their standards. And so it was cool, believable, but futuristic and a hell of a lot more than what we've usually got going on. Yeah. So, I could- I can see like Q going, hey, take this air tag and put it on this uh kind of, yeah. and then you can track her wherever she goes. And I mean it was probably I mean it wasn't, but I mean like I could see a James Bond movie putting windshield wipers on your headlights being the first inspiration for Beamer, you know, back in yeah. the whenever that first started for whoever. <laughs> I think it was Volvo or whomever. Volvo probably had that. Could, yeah, that could have been a, lot a Volvo of that had windshield wipers on the lights, and I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, all right. So they but play this golf. Is, this Bond is, wins. But this is drop number two, right? Because Ooh. Odd Job kills Tilly and captures Bond. Yeah. In the woods. Like, oh, I'm going to get up on this and see what's going on. And yeah, drop number two. Thank you. Beat me to the punch. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning from you. Adam. Here you're getting the drops ahead of me. I got <laughs> getting the, the drops drop on, on my you. drops. <laughs> <laughs> bingo but but next like it 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 is a it is a fantastic scene i love the build up to no mr bond i expect you to die uh but i have no idea why goldfinger actually lets bond live like he has him he's tied up he has a laser moving towards his crotch that will slice him in two he so, doesn't need bond at all and I'm I'm with you on this in that it he 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 James Bond throws out the one code word that he overheard some people saying right, right. and Goldfinger calls him on it. it's like yeah. you don't know what the fuck that means yeah. and James Bond is like oh or do I can you take that risk yeah. yeah and so he keeps him alive which you're right that is very flimsy and you could really normally just assassinate somebody but yeah. <clears throat> I have seen the opinion that it's not that that Goldfinger keeps Bond alive. It's later Goldfinger uses Bond. He he parades Bond around on, on the grounds of his Kentucky horse farm so that the CIA guys spying on him see him walking around, you know, free. Like, I've seen that the actual um impetus for Goldfinger's letting Bond live is for the purpose of... 
I'm not doing anything wrong. He's still alive. Yeah, kind of. You know, putting the other people that might be observing them off their guard if James Bond is happy, healthy, wearing a suit and just kind of walking around hanging out with us kind of thing. Nothing seems... Just a thought. Okay. No, that's... That is exactly it. I mean, it does make Goldfinger sound a lot smarter and kind of, you know, like if you're going to be that evil genius, you kind of have to be a step or two ahead. Yeah. Then what? Then what? Then what? Leave him in Switzerland. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Oh, no. Well, I think he wanted him to die in America. Oh, the, but, but yeah. But then you have this, the, the stupid, hubris of the supervillain right like i'm going to reveal my plan and then have you killed in the most unnecessarily complicated way i can imagine (laughs) sharks with laser beams on their head (laughs) i don't know i thought this would have been what you appreciated is like i i appreciate this plot no (laughs) no i I think this is a a dumb scheme And I need Eric to verify the theory that I have in my head. I don't know. I think it's fun and not unbelievable because think of it this way. This sounds like a grandiose plot that some super criminal super villain would have against the U S government in a movie. So we've seen ridiculously outrageous fictional examples of what domestic terrorism could look like. Let's say. Yet, we were all fucking blown off our asses when 9-11 happened, when the the plot of 9-11 is considerably less inspired than Goldfinger's plot, let's say. So, in my eyes, A, this is a plausible thing, that if somebody wanted to uh, actually go through this plan in 1965, You'd have a much better way of doing or much better chance of doing it than now. Probably easy to get your hands on some sort of gas to knock out and or kill a bunch of people. If you randomly happen to have a troop of flying acrobats at your disposal, that's <laughs> ridiculous. But it, let's say he, he does. And irradiating the gold reserves of the United States back when we were still on the gold standard is fucking that is inspired because then yes, those foreign investors that have large hordes of gold, most likely other countries still all of their values skyrocket in a heartbeat. So this is my theory. I'm calling bullshit on Goldfinger's ploy to irradiate the supply of gold. So, Eric, gold is on the periodic table a very dense metal. AU, baby. AU. So, there's also lead, PB, which is used in standard uh, X ray procedures to block the radiation of X rays from penetrating into you. So, what magnitude does a dirty bomb let's just say plutonium just gets scattered about it's very small small charge dumps plutonium everywhere and or or whatever i don't even know which particular nuclear element would have been used in yeah in the movie they reference uh so i mean okay sorry adam go on go on Mm. but 
but you're right. So my, my, my point is, I think I see where we have, going. we have stacks of gold mm-hmm. that, so all they would, all America would have to do after this dirty bomb, I was like, Oh, just peel off that outer course of right. gold bricks <laughs> because the inner pile Damn. of bricks gold is has been shade or shaded by this layer of gold <laughs> layer of gold <laughs> that the radiation would just hit that gold and that dense interesting dense uh, atom would have absorbed it and shit the bed and like so maybe we'd lost 15% 20% of the gold reserves and but that's also, also including the angle of trajectory that which the uh, the dirty bomb would have been exploding, or nuclear radiation would have been irradiating from. They do so, say it was only going to be irradiated for like fifty years, though, right? Fifty, and that's also the, like they're that's assuming also very short. Actually, I mean, Chernobyl doesn't uh, Chernobyl still have like a couple hundred in it? So when uh, Goldfinger is describing his plan to bond, right? He says we have we have a device but it's very dirty, right? Like they're bringing up the idea of a dirty bomb. It's not quite the same way we think of dirty bombs nowadays, which is a a conventional explosive that has radiological material around it, right? Like that's, that's the current meaning of dirty bomb. This is a nuke that is dirty, right? And there are lots of different ways you can make a dirty nuke, but a popular popular a one way is to surround it with other material that will become activated by all of the neutrons that come out of the nuclear bomb so adam you're right the gold will do a great job of shielding from gamma rays yeah beta particles bruce banner rays for all of you out there (laughs) but not neutrons those are the ones that vaporize cities of people, but not buildings. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, in I, like in Repo Man. Like in the Repo meat Man. and yeah. potatoes of a neutron bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, Goldfingers. I I mean it's it's a little mashed up, right? Like he's talking about like a radiological dirty bomb, but he's also talking about a nuclear bomb, but he's also talking about well, using the neutron bomb to wreck the gold supply. But James Bond, like, like he's he's on the right track. He's like, ah, yes, cobalt and iodine, right? Well, cobalt-60 is a very useful radionuclide with a half-life of like five and a half years. Hmm. And uh, a good rule of thumb is that you, you reduce the amount of radioactive material to about 1% of what you started with after about 10 half-lives. So he was doing some quick math there saying, oh, 10 half-lives, 60, or what, what do you say? 58, 58 years? 58 years, which is... That. So the math and the science kind of checks out on every other aspect. But, but, but gold is chemically very different from any other transition metal that you would be using or any other metal that you would be using uh to make your dirty bomb out of so i think it would be pretty easy to clean it up well he's not making the bomb out of the gold he's trying to irradiate the gold yeah he's trying so you can't they're like melting the gold bars down like oh you really do 
do both things, right? Like he can use a full scale <clears throat> nuke to <clears throat> wipe Fort Knox off of the map. Well, real quick, let's go back just a minute because you're you what you said a dirty bomb was is completely conflicted with with what I've ever I've ever thought a dirty bomb was, which was just at this point in time a low yield nuclear bomb. I've always so typically if it's going to be a nation shooting a bomb or you know a nuclear missile at one another, it's going to be some sort of high yield thing. But yes. if somebody gets their hands on an old discarded nuke lost in the ocean or nuclear material, you can create your own low yield yes. nuclear bomb, yes. which is what I was assuming was going on here, may or may not be a high enough yield to truly destroy the right. massive amounts of gold around it, but would certainly irradiate everything in the immediate area to the point where all of that gold would be because Adam, one thing you're not taking into account is there would still be the massive explosion, right? There is that. So the entire vault would turn into a, I don't know, a spherical semi hardened puddle (laughs) of melted metal in the, I don't know, whatever it would turn out to be, but like not only is all of the gold still there, but everything is too irradiated to be practically used so it can't be this is why I reserves. This is why I thought dirty bomb because a dirty bomb is more of a, a shrapnel grenade with a, a radioactive materials yes. around it. So that. it's just going to dump hmm. all this radioactive active dust everywhere. And that's when I yeah. a dirty bomb. Yes. There's, there's another way to describe okay. But there's another way to describe low yield nukes as dirty bombs. As it's it's both it's a dirty nuke, right? Like those are your mama jokes. The point, the point is, but <laughs> you you have this trade off between the like explosive yield and the radiological yield, right? Like in a if you design it right, you get a low explosive yield, but mm-hmm. you radiate sure. shit out of the world around you. And if you happen to have lots of other metals associated with it, then then those will become radioactive too because of the neutrons. And then it really is kind of like a dirty bomb. It's just you're making the radiologic the radioactive material in situ. <laughs> Plus there's all the plutonium or whatever was fueling the bomb. Well, what do you think would yeah. be a more effective? Never mind. Let's move along. All right. So so I guess I want to touch back on some of the other uh, sans chivalrous parts of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, he does refer to booze as passion juice. Okay, that's movie. what I was wondering what you were like. What? Passion juice. <laughs> so I just love that the beginning of this movie, Bond completes a mission with his uh, seagull camouflage and blows up the facility. And <laughs> he just shows up with a duck on his hat. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Brian Hatch. And he's, he's back to doing the, the Dom Perignon 53 was the passion <laughs> juice. Okay. But he uses the woman as a shield after he's completed his mission. And just like, oh, I'm going to get bapped in the head. Nah, bitch. And he's like, <laughs> spins around and throws her, and he, she gets clubbed. It's like, hmm, yes. And then 
again when he uh he completes that mission and meets felix in uh florida it's like oh yes this is an okay resort you put me at at sir as he proceeds to slap a woman's ass and say this is man talk move along sweetie <laughs> i'm like oh my god and then again with uh jill masterson just oh yes my charm is more than enough for you to hook up with me later and then die. Yep. It's just like, gosh, this is woman after woman. So yes, the, the, the stigma of James Bond being the womanizer in this series is very tried and true. And as you said in the earlier, Chris, just literally forcing himself on pussy galore. Like it was, it wasn't like that, no, there's just, it was all struggle. Like, no, stop, 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 stop. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Stop, stop, stop. It's like, mm, that cringy, was cringy, 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 very cringy to watch today. I'm like, oh my God. And I, and I, mean, I think what's it, somewhat ironic is if you look at like sort of the, the current post Me Too era, and if you just look back at Daniel Craig, you're like, all right, so it's not the best interpretation of women but all right yeah then you go back to pierce brosnan and then you're kind of like well the 90s weren't exactly (laughs) the best era for you know females in hollywood and the irony is that with james bond the further back you go the just worse it gets it gets really so if you're starting at a Sean Connery movie is your first James Bond movie. I mean, it's like it's like walking into your first Faces of Death movie, not knowing that you're getting murders or something, or animals (laughs) eating people, or or even uh, getting practical rape, or even like to uh, The Rock, where Sean Connery goes, "No, no, you go home and fuck the prom queens. You're fucking underage girls." I know you're also at prom and underage, but you can say, but it's an underage boy <laughs> fucking. Yeah. Underage but it's James Bond, and he's probably like, I'm gonna fuck the prom queen. <laughs> or is it Matthew McConaughey? They just keep staying the same age. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so Brian, what are your in. introspects? Been quite quiet on the your first bond because well, i i talked a lot in the the midst and so then eric was giving his his spiel and uh, no you said like 20 words in like the first 10 minutes <laughs> they kept keeping him alive right. they put him in a jail cell and yet they had a guard outside the jail so i'm like well if he's in a jail cell why do you need a guard and then of course it's the guard who decides i better open right. this up and investigate <laughs> And of course, James got out. I thought when he got in the jail cell that he was going to like pull off his tie, wrap it around the bars, and it was going to melt the bars or something, because that's where I'm at on James Bond. That's I'm advanced. <laughs> on um, but that didn't happen. I, I the the Goldfinger golf game, which I guess leads us to the very first time that odd job threw his hat, which I, <laughs> yes. I could not. I could not get it out of my mind of, of Austin Powers when they throw it and it hits him. And he's like, oh, that's really annoying. <laughs> Throws a <his> shoe. <laughs> uh, but Oddjob slit the throat of a cement statue with his hat. 
<laughs> no, I mean, it was like a, well, it wasn't marble, but it was like, yeah, a plaster something statue of a Greek figurine. Yeah. <laughs> he slit yeah. the throat of it. Yeah. His hat. And later that same hat hit him in the chest and he's like, I'm fine. I got this. And I thought like he may have like other hats, like dummy hats, or he had like a silencer hat, maybe. But... <laughs> or like <laughs> or like his hat was super weighted and he was really strong so he could throw it, but James yeah. picked it up like nothing. And I did enjoy that um James electrocuted him and then threw out the what do you say, shocking? It was, mm. it was utterly shocking. Utterly. <laughs> So he electrocuted two people in this movie, which was nice to see that you oh, use yeah. what you have yeah. in front of you. Are you sure that James Bond never employed the shocker on any of his? Oh, I'm I'm not. I'm totally ladies. convinced that he would do something very ruthless <laughs> with a woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Eric, I'm convinced I... that James Bond would surprise a woman in the backside. That's how I think James Bond would be. He'd be like, what? Just come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh it was god it, it's just weird to watch a movie like this and then but eric said it best like this was the boomer fantasy every young man adolescent, adolescent boomer fantasy yes like chris oh, i remember when we were so 16 right. or 17 we went to watch american psycho and that this is a bad idol. <laughs> this is a bad idol to have. <laughs> and and yet we all produced business cards because of that movie. And I, yeah, I mean, threw them out to was... each other because we were inspired by American Psycho. So I guess James Bond <laughs> is. I mean, that's sort of. I'm glad Eric to... said what he said about <laughs> about it being the adolescent fantasy of boomers because. I, I, it helps me to understand it better, but watching it now, I just felt icky. Well, you yeah. feel icky and I get that, but is it, can you still appreciate it for what it is putting aside the fact that but, like one of the most important plot points is that pussy decides to switch out the Delta nine gas for something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And it is, oh, it is heavily implied that it was, james bond's dick that convinced her not only to not be a lesbian but also help the good guys wait were we under the impression she was a lesbian doesn't she tell him she said you, point, you're like I'm charm, to your charm yeah exactly so says like, i'm immune to your charms so either has an all-woman truth just because she doesn't find him attractive doesn't mean she's a lesbian ever. yeah i've always just taken that as like a general <laughs> Huh. Bitch, I'm not gonna. I don't care what you say. You're not gonna affect me. Just she wears pants in every scene in 1964. She has a fucking flying troop of women that pilot these little aircraft wearing all, all, black all onesies with massive white broad belts across their all their midsection above their hips. I mean, none of those planes were Outbacks, Subaru Outbacks. No, because super optics don't fly. <laughs> but my so point let's is, talk about the gas transport. Line. Yes, the gas. I mean, because they were flying over, and as soon as they flew, people were dropping, and the gas has to. Yes. No, this is the this is the crazy <laughs> thing. So, like, I the uh, the the guys who are tailing Bond, right? Who are watching his transmitter, right? They go on a bunch of Felix like, and 
yeah, company. Yeah. Right. They they go on a bunch of like blind alleys, right? They're looking for him. You know, they go to the junkyard. He's not there. They find him again, right? You you think these guys are? I I, I had trouble understanding. Like, why are they in the movie? to follow all these blind alleys. Is this something about the pacing of movies in 64? I don't know. Uh, but like it was the it was the perfect setup for the big misdirection at the end, which is, yes, seeing the entire army base collapse under the influence of the Delta 9 gas and then realizing they were all in on it, right? Like they fall over when the planes fly because they were instructed to, which was a nice reveal. Is that? And I, I missed that, that completely. Oh no, there was a conversation where they mentioned that, that like, thank God Pussy Galore came and informed us last night that yeah. this was the plan. And so we were able to switch out the chemical canisters. I, that's, so I, caught that in part the in the movie so yeah it's, on base yeah it's implied that on and let it happen <laughs> well bond fucked her so well that she decided to switch sides and go tell the cia hey this is what's happening so the cia helps them switch canisters to some inert gas and then they somehow communicate to the entire fucking base everyone doing everything they normally do when by the way fly over when these fall over yeah when <laughs> these planes fly by pretend you die and that's what i didn't if understand the love also, doesn't fit you must, must quit, quit. <laughs> but that's why i didn't understand like so goldfinger brought in like the five families of the united states with their gold deposits he goes ahead and kills them all anyways like of he kills course him. he did. It's like, but it's like, oh, we're like, I'm going to introduce you. And the, I was looking at this scene and two things. First of all, why did you kill everyone that's going to invest in what you want? But also, Jesus Christ, a PowerPoint would have definitely been a lot cheaper than putting in <laughs> mechanical platforms and slideshows and screens that popped up out of nowhere. I'm like, Jesus, like. You would have saved one gold bar if you didn't do any of that. Just like, look, here's my no, PowerPoint presentation. I, I have some that. transparencies. I'm going to put them up on the screen for you quick. It was like a whole wing of his house moved around yeah. just for this presentation. Yeah. James Bond was hiding in Fort Knox. He's going, this is very interesting. <laughs> Tell know. me more about Operation Grand, Grand Slab. <laughs> I was like, what on earth? And then like, we found him running around in the basement with in the sets. It's like, geez, Louise, lady. Hmm. You know, I've never really thought about that aspect. That that was a lot of fanfare to just kill people off, anyways. Like yeah. they would have invested more gold into you, Goldfinger, and then you could have then killed them. Yeah, there was there was only one who didn't believe in everything that Goldfinger was saying, and he even he's like, "Well, I'm going to kill you anyways." It's like I just kind of have a thing for killing people. So well, yeah, I think he, I think, I guess since he killed everybody those that wanted to go along with it and that one guy that didn't the fact that he killed everybody just must mean that he was just trying to get that much more gold into his own personal stockpile through these guys these criminals and what better way to just you know what fuck it i'll just kill them all right now and sure they're 
I, so the CIA should be actually maybe their organizations finger. aren't as deadly or threatening sounding if you're going to be like the most rich or powerful person financially on the entire planet because your gold reserve now is greater than anybody else's. But even then, like mobsters, they don't carry gold. They're like guns, drugs, ah, the miscellaneous. But was this like, is 1965. <laughs> they haven't had like the last 70 years of they. They were evolving uh, plot lines of Holly, you know, like caper films. This was the early days. They need they need a bunch of Mini Coopers to show up at Fort Knox. <laughs> like exactly with the chain That's of Mini Coopers. Step. And that was like one of the best parts is like James Bond did the mental math. Like, how could you unload all of Fort Knox with yeah. this plan? And I thought that was like a nice little thing. Like, I don't care about that gold i care about mine mine that's I'm safe increase the value of it Ooh, so artificial scarcity i don't know why i thought of this right now but um so goldfinger one of the ian fleming novels is anyone here familiar with chitty chitty bang bang no the mm. name a little bit it is like a 1963 to 7 dick van dyke movie yeah it Not is bad. a musical about oh, dick van dyke is james bond because we already no. know he can do the accent it's it's an ian fleming book and it was turned into a movie in the 60s somewhere with dick van dyke it's a fantastic movie and brian my kids are right around the age where they're starting to appreciate it so i and i love that fucking movie but anyways uh the evil duke that hates kids in that movie is um oh i can't remember his name but or goldfinger the guy that plays goldfinger gert frobe gert frobe is the bad guy in chitty chitty bang bang and that and this are both ian fleming novels and i don't know if they were all produced by the broccolis or eon productions but perhaps so if we're going meta Ooh. When I was, uh, yeah, we're, we're going wide now. Uh, I think it was fun when I was watching this movie and just just enjoying the show. And there's a certain set of harp plucking in the uh, score. And I lost my shit because I was like, <laughs> holy fuck, that is Sneaker Pimps Six Underground. Like, what? Yeah. It? Yes. What? fucking amazing is i have that note that was like the first note in my mm -hmm. book and then didn't you text us i think i did and then i ran to my book yeah. and i was like holy fuck that is that is true i was like holy shit mine was just like a question fucking sick sneaker pimps sneaker pimps is in this movie and this is fucking amazing i was like yeah no it's like and then i looked it up and it's like sneaker pimps sampled that exact bit like nice. it wasn't it wasn't even just like a like we're gonna play the uh the note sequestion they literally sampled it for their song six underground and that song just fucking slaps and i Ladies and that and was also on the saint yep. yeah oh, the saint soundtrack <laughs> the best soundtracks ever made <laughs> six underground by the sneaker pimps and so if good. I ever turned into one of those douchey bro guys that like owned nightclubs, the first nightclub that I ever wanted to open would be called Six Underground. Oh man. And Brian, awesome. it's inspired by one that's in Windsor that was in the basement of some other place that we went to. Strip club? 
No, it wasn't a strip club. It was just a, an underground bar. And do you remember God going to Windsor? Windsor? And we were we were in this bar, and the dudes showed up wearing like bright red onesies, like they were dressed as construction workers or some shit. Never mind. All right, move along. Anyways, Those becoming X sneaker pimps are fucking great. Yeah, becoming That's X, nineteen ninety six, awesome fucking album. Really spelled out a great part of childhood there. Yeah. Take me down. Six hundred grand. So, <laughs> yeah, the entire CIA, the whole army detachment at Fort Knox, presumably the British government. Pussy galore goes all this work, presumably to catch Oric Goldfinger in the act. And in a matter of hours, escapes. Because he had an army uniform on, and then he turned around and shot him. What a jackass. I was surprised how many people got killed at the end. Shoot up a lot of people, that's true. (laughs) And you know what, though? This is what proves your point. You mentioned earlier that it was the hubris of Warwick Goldfinger. And you might argue, but no, he got away. But no, you're absolutely correct because it is his hubris that brings him back to try and kidnap James Bond again. He can't just escape. Because he was foiled. Exactly. So he could have been off in the ether living a fucking grand life in Key Largo. Montego, Montego, baby, baby why, why don't, don't we, we go to Bermuda, Bahama, 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 Largo, Montego, baby, why don't we go to Coco? We'll get them back as we take it slow. That's where we want to go. Wait a minute, go. And I can't help but think if we were listening to a podcast from some other people in a different country and they just break out into some random ass song. You would that's love like, it. That's like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. And it's like, yes. <laughs> Our headphones. No, but truly, yes. Every American knows that song. Oh, you guys are wonderful. So... Where are so, we, guys? Uh, Goldfinger could have gotten away with it, but could have wants to fuck up Bond and gets sucked out the plane window. Most comical way possible, too. Like, yeah, right. like ass first, <laughs> too. Like a tiny window when you're a big fat man. <laughs> but you know, I really think the idea of a pressurized airplane was probably. <sighs> And I am kind of assuming that everybody was an idiot back in 1965, but the idea of the pressure on the inside of plane versus the outside of plane, do you think that was general knowledge? I always feel that's been like played up as an urban myth, but well, no, it's absolutely true. And you can get sucked out of a plane, but you're not going to get sucked out of a fucking window of a plane, especially if you're fucking that Gold fat finger. ass. Yeah. Like, and this extends to the Alien movie. Uh, I think it was Alien 4. Some weird genetic experimentation shit. There was like a half human, half alien thing. And it got sucked out of a hole in the window in space. No. you. And it was like a the size of a quarter. Yeah. 
like hey that would that. never happen not even in space but no i don't think well, I think what happens is the the actual parts of the exterior of the plane fall away. No, I so think NASA is just out not of doing the hole in the plane. You don't get sucked out of the actual window because it's not the window that goes. No, I think NASA is just not doing the right experiments. So they need to take like a person or something person like and just like put a quarter size hole in the a fuselage of the airlock and see how it gets sucked out. So we don't can, get me wrong. The, the that would be the best myth, Mythbusters. The <laughs> having some ballistic gel was amusing. <laughs> so I have like I just have, I have two other things. Oh, only uh, two. Two, just two more notes. Uh, Odd job takes a fucking gold brick to the chest and doesn't move. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, he also took his awesome. hat. Well, yeah, but also I mean, and I think I appreciate how he took it because. James Bond threw the gold brick like a shot putt because if he threw that bar over overarm yeah. like a baseball, he would have torn every muscle in his <laughs> back, shoulder, trap. He would have been fucked. So I appreciate that. All right, how much does a gold bar weigh, Eric? This sounds like something you should know. Two point two pounds. Heavy. I don't believe it. I feel like a gold bar needs to weigh more than two point two pounds. Did you look that up or did you just guess that? I saw a movie once. That's called they... a kilogram. <laughs> they wouldn't have made it in kilograms. <laughs> How much does a gold bar weigh? And the other part that I want to talk about is they had electric forklifts. 12.4 so... kilograms. So hmm. it's like 25, 26, 28 pounds. So I believe that odd job. That was my 27. first thought. 27.4 like, pounds. I remember seeing that scene and i'm like wait gold bar to the chest but no you're not gonna throw 27 pounds with enough force to truly <laughs> been like <bloop>. like <laughs> he, he's a tough enough bad guy that if it hits if it makes it to it. his chest <laughs> yeah it's it's just gonna fall the real hazard is to it hitting his toes <laughs> <laughs> three kings Three Kings is where they talked about the weight of the gold bar because they had to measure the tensillary strength of the bags that they were carrying the gold bars in. That's a fantastic oh, movie. Wow, nice. I was going to do a, a Desert Storm series. You know what a fantastic movie is that I got caught up watching when I should have been watching this last night? Terminator 2. Captain Phillips is a Good movie. And really? I thought you were going to say Captain Ron. What's Captain Phillips? Oh, Captain, Captain Ron, Ron is awesome. Great. Oh, Laura would be on the podcast for that one. Wait, is Captain Ron or Captain Phillips the dude laying in the pirate movie? The I'm the Hanks. I am the captain now. Yeah. Paul Greengrass is the director, but Tom Hanks is stellar in that movie. His best performance I've ever seen is Captain Phillips. Oh, okay. Just nice. wanted to throw that in because he is amazing at the at, throughout the movie, but towards the end. He's incredible dealing with trauma. And I heard like they filmed that initial pirate scene as like something's going to happen, but we're not going to tell you. So like most of the reactions are quite genuine. Oh, the pirate movie. Yeah. I was thinking this was the movie that he did where he lands the plane in the fucking Hudson River. Oh, that was Sully. Captain yeah. Sully. Oh. And wasn't he a captain in, um, in, 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 in. Pirate the, Ryan? No. Pirate uh, Ryan? Not. Oh, he was a captain. Yeah, because he was an O. He's played three captains. Three? He walks, flies, and swims. 
Wait, Holy shit, there's only two. There are only two. Wow. Wait a Tom minute. Wait, wait, Hanks. wait. So Tom Hanks flies is Sully. Yep. But yeah, but so he's a fucking boat captain. No, it's no, he boat. jumps in the ocean and swims in this movie. And he's it's a boat. You have to know uh, how to swim if you're on a boat. You know what? No, 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 no. How about this? A little bit of that with fucking splash. Oh, remember at the end of so Splash, he does walk, fly, and swim. He goes off and fucking swims away with Daryl Hannah, and then fucks. And then what does he walk in? Well, I mean, everything. Forrest Gump, especially big. <laughs> he runs in Forrest Gump. That's true. He's a runner. So he and who's our boy? Daniel Day Lewis, oh. Rick Rossovich. I thought we were talking about Running Boys. So I'm Daniel I'm Day literally Lewis. going to that page of the book and adding Tom. <laughs> Tom Hanks is question. on par with Rick Rossovich. This is amazing. I can't believe that. You know what movie we should wow. watch someday? Volunteers. John Candy and Tom Hanks. Oh, I don't. Even that, I've never that heard of that one. I've yeah. never I've never sat through the whole thing, but. We should watch that someday. That sounds like all right. Then, based off of a recommendation from someone that doesn't even know what it's about, but also I have to say that somebody's category eventually should be because of where I got to watch this movie. Movies on Prime because that was great. Just being able to turn on Prime and watch a movie. Mm -hmm. Not Tubi where we have like thirty commercials, and not Pluto where we have sixty commercials. And Prime has a bunch of James Bond movies right now. So. I think they have. Yeah, a, I think they bought the rights to all of the James Bond series, oh. and there was everybody. Some big they concerns. don't have. They don't have uh, Pierce Brosnan or Daniel Craig. I think yet. they have Goldeneye. They have to yeah. have Goldeneye. Ooh, I mean, maybe then maybe they don't just have Daniel Craig, but that's where I watched this, and yeah, yeah I, I was curious when i was looking through all of them like oh maybe we can all just go here but they didn't have all of the the james bonds anyways anyways indeed oh indeed. the other two two drops in this movie uh james bond was fooled into running into a car but it was a mirror <laughs> so that was funny so that was the <laughs> second drop wait and then this so the, it was after he was trying to get out of the uh, gold smelting facility in Switzerland. Oh, oh, right. I couldn't understand why he crashed into the wall. What it was, the heck? Okay. There was a mirror and Oddjob was like, mm -hmm, and he just like pointed a reflection of himself. So that was another drop. And then Pussy Galore gets the drop on him with a pusher. pusher. Gets the drop on him with a uh, tranquilizer gun and wakes up also, Does anybody remember that British superhero TV show from back in the day that they redid in the 90s, I think, with like Ralph Fiennes and Uma Thurman? The not the was incredible, not Incredibles. Is oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. It's not Rafe Fiennes, though, is it? It's it's his it's, brother. <laughs> the Avengers? Or no, is it Rafe Fiennes? There's it's Avengers. the better one. It's yeah, the, the Avengers. Avengers. That's yeah. what it is. The Avengers. Yeah. She was the original. Oh. Whatever. Uh uh yeah. Fucking the bride. Who did I just Uma say? Thurman. Uma Thurman. Yeah, it's she's the Old Uma British. Thurman Uma. character Uma. from the original Uma. British TV show, Pussy Galore. Pusher. Pusher Galore. So there's another good one. 
So what does uh, Sean Connery like to spray the bathroom down with for a deodorizer when he's done taking a dump? <laughs> shit trash. <laughs> shit trash. This um, smells like shit, but citrus. <laughs> it's not a joke if you have to explain it, Adam. Why? Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> I... I kind of understood where you're going with that, but it just it, it didn't hit on enough. Why? I appreciated it though. Why? <laughs> Why couldn't James Bond fart in bed? It's just a funny question. Why? It would have blown his cover. <laughs> <laughs> and that's mildly amusing because that's that's like a dad joke. <laughs> I'm pretty sure dad told that one to us. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Sarah told that in two minutes. Nice. Good stuff. Me to so are we to the rankings? Yeah. We certainly can be. Oh my goodness. Oh. Wait, hold on. I want to do some do some letters here real quick. Talk amongst yourselves. Adam and Eric and Eric and Adam, they're brothers, but not really. Yes, they are, because one lives in North Carolina and the other lives somewhere in Illinois. We don't know where, but he went home to visit his parents in Pennsylvania, and then they went to the beach together, and I laughed at that text when Eric said he was at the beach with his parents, but then I realized I've also been to the beach with my mom. What's <laughs> weird is I've also been to the beach with your mom, and you were not there. Ooh, that is whoa. that is uh good to hear what happened Pushy. wasn't it so okay um adam goldfinger yeah, this is a uh this is an an eight in james bond ratings like it was a great movie for james bond it's probably closer to a seven as a, a general movie. Mm, you know what you you can say whatever you want and i will write down your number however so let's go 7.5 Okay, I was like, there, there's no differentiation. James Bond numbers do not exist separate of numbers. It's good. It doesn't live up to today's like standards, though. I mean, but at 7.5, that's still pretty respectful. So, so, so it's like, I'll watch it again, and it's a, it's a mainstay. You're right. Eric. Give it a seven. I like it. I like it. I like how it. It's you now it starts the James Bond universe kind of thing. I, I I don't know how many times I'm gonna watch it again. Make that a six point five. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> and you know, you say that you don't know how many times you're gonna watch it again in your life. And I was just thinking, like, wow, I'm easily gonna see this like four or five more times. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right, Brian mapped it out. <laughs> I know how many times I will watch it again, which would be zero. And so <laughs> this is this is a five for me. Oh, you were a, you were a fucking pube away from saying four or something, weren't you? <laughs> no, I I felt I feel like I think had we watched it in person, I would have given it a higher score, like a six, because it would have been more entertaining to me. But watching it. I I'm not going to watch it again. And so I can't give it a six because I feel like a six is a score that I would watch a movie again. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. This for me is an easy seven. Um, it Adam is gave not, it the highest. It is. Yeah, he did. Um, it's not my favorite of all James Bond movies by all means, but it's, <laughs> it's a pretty good Sean Connery one. Um, 
It's beautiful. It's fun. It's the standard for most spoofs going forward, too. Kind of, yeah. It is referenced but, you know, consistently. So. But yeah, it's a good movie. It's not my favorite, but I will certainly see this again in the future. Might be a while, but before yeah. I die, it'll be a couple more times, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Brian. Oh, I'm up. <laughs> oh, you're a bitch. What? Why? You didn't even know that. You don't have. Well, anything... You were talking about Jason. That's I don't why I even asked know. Earlier. I don't. I, know, I still but... don't know the order of the picks. <laughs> so it feels so arbitrary. So if, if no, Jason's... the average order is Eric, Brian, Chris, Adam. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily start with Eric, but Eric, Brian, Chris, Adam, Eric, Brian, Chris, Adam. Except when knuckleheads don't watch movies and right. they lose a turn, then we get out of order. Yeah. Yes. So Eric chose Goldfinger. So it's Eric, Brian, Chris, Adam. Brian has the next choice. So is are we including Jason? Do we think he's going to do a Daniel Craig one? Jason is not on the consideration this week because of circumstances. So Okay, so I get to pick. You wow, get to pick whatever. Open. Fuck you yeah. want. Yep. Uh, I'm you can just, hey, hey, be an outcast. Choose George Lazenby. Be a fucking clown. Choose Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> be no, edgy I, and choose timothy dalton. dalton well so i was going to choose timothy dalton because <laughs> just saying shit because Ooh. of the movie um uh hot fuzz mm. yeah. so because of that movie i will choose a timothy dalton one so let me get you an actual name of of a timothy dalton james bond movie <laughs> he's coin flip <laughs> well Oh, that's fine. Yeah, it's the living cool. daylights. That's one. Right? <gasps> yes, that's a good one. It would be too yes! hard. It would be too hard to pick like one on purpose that's bad because it would be hard enough to sit through. So, uh, the living daylights with with Timothy Dalton, I think I'll go with because I've I've heard that name, Living Daylight, so it rings rings out. So Timothy Dalton, just because of Hot Fuzz, the Living Daylights. You are not gonna be fucking disappointed. What, do you think my score will be higher than this one? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm interested to yeah. see how hairy his back is. <laughs> well, Timothy Dalton only did two. And the other one that he did is... Anybody off the top of your head real quick? Uh, it's License to Kill. License to Kill. And so... in Oh, they said that in the movie. You have a license to kill, Mr. Bond. License to Kill is about, like, Felix Leiter dies, his CIA buddy, and uh, he goes after, like, a Colombian cartel. Yeah. It's like not very international. It's kind of boring. It's it's just like a, a boring drug, like an 80s drug cop show as a James Bond movie for an hour and a half. The first Bond film to be shot entirely outside of the United Kingdom. Oh, wow. Took place on but location in Mexico and U.S. The Living Daylights, the first James Bond movie I have ever seen before I knew even that it was a James Bond. It was just an action movie to me as a kid. It's fun. It holds up. And uh, Brian, the uh, the the sister, the Miriam Diabo that was in the Wonder Years. Oh, the sister from the Wonder Years is in this yeah. movie? No, it's her sister. <laughs> 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 no, it's it's the one that was in that Conan movie. Um, Red Sonia? No, Conan. <laughs> um, Wasn't Red Sonia an offshoot of Conan? Yes. Yeah. Same world with uh, the Flava Flav's wife, tall ass bitch from Rocky Four. Oh, 
Yeah, I I I'm, I know her because she was the bad guy in Drogo's Hills Cop too. Girlfriend. Yeah, Carl Drogo. I don't know why I'm blanking on her name. Yeah, God, that disappoints me. Anyways, The Living Daylights is fantastic. Good well, stuff. I'm glad I could pick a good one then. I appreciate it. Uh, just so I'm aware, who gets the next category after the James Bond? <laughs> Adam. Oh, boy. Fuck. Is there a sequel to the peanut butter solution out there that we can watch? <laughs> You're going to like my next category. I've already had it picked. <laughs> you're going yeah, to love it. It's going to be something off the periodic table. It's got to relate to the periodic table in some way. <laughs> Movies about boron. <laughs> the fifth count. <laughs> or it could be, uh, what's the other one? Uh, oh, shit. Movies in which carpet is never featured. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, it's the one where the girl becomes the lawyer, and she's battling a company. Legally Bond. No, Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich, because it's filmed <laughs> in Boron, California, where we went. We visited. Wow, yeah. here was a stretch and you filled it. God damn it, Adam. That was good. <laughs> <laughs>